Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood of Your Legacy Legal Care, and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning and welcome to Life Happens with me, Kim Hegwood, and our very special guest today is Joe Roseman Jr., so not to confuse him with dad. <laughs> so good morning. Hey, Kim, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, and so really looking forward to uh, uh, spending some time and getting some good information, and today we're going to talk about long-term care demythified, and so because there's a lot of information that hits the internet, and uh, so I'm having to train the grandkids that you know a lot of it's not true, <laughs> so... And uh, so we're going to talk about some things that are going on in, you know, potentially other states and then potentially here to kind of really get our listeners to get some really good information when it comes to long-term care. Is that good? That is perfect. And I'll tell you the the reason I titled this uh, and came on here today is that there are so many different and incorrect things out there that people need to understand. And that's the reason I came up with this title. So. Yeah, I find that a lot in my practice as well, that people get a lot of bad information from friends, the barber, the hairdresser, neighbors, you know, so it's right always, good to, always good to, you know, get some good information out there. So, all right, so let's get going. So a lot of people have heard about the long-term care tax. And so, and uh, so let's talk about that. And, um, and then we'll talk about, you know, any rumors that, you know, that Texas may do that in the future. Okay. So, uh, Kim, there actually are, are 13 states that either have approved a long-term care tax or have it pending. Now, uh, there is only one state that it has passed, and that is up in the uh, Great Northwest, which is Washington State. Uh, looks like California and New York would be the next two that will enact some type of long-term care tax. And basically what that is going to do for our, uh, the folks that are listening here is uh, if that comes to your state, then uh, you're either going to have to buy a long-term care policy or there's going to be an extra tax going to be added onto your payroll or uh, possibly to the state uh, income tax also. Uh, the good news for you folks in Texas is there is no legislation pending in Texas. And in fact, the closest state is actually Colorado and New Mexico. Uh, those two, uh, and of course, I think if you look at the political climate in those states, might be a little different than it is in Texas. Yes, a little bit different. different. <laughs> so, definitely. And uh, so I know when I heard about the, the, the Washington long-term care tax, um, so many people were like, uh, what if I work for somebody in Washington, but I don't live there? They still get hammered. And, um, and it's a it's not a cheap tax that they're having to pay. And so even young people in their 20s who the last thing they were thinking about is long term care, everybody has to pay. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's statewide, like everybody's paying for it, you know, kind of thing. So it's uh, it's a it's it's a lot. Well, and just just to add to that, too, Kim. The, the issue there is if the legislation gets put out there, and in some case, some states, it just got introduced by a, a representative to uh, kind of get their name out there, I guess. That happens sometimes. But uh, like in Washington, what happened was they announced that they were going to have uh, enact the tax, 
And then now everybody's scurrying to go buy a long-term care policy. Well, what happens now is the insurance companies actually shut down applications, new applications, because they couldn't handle them all. And so I guess my advice would be that, uh, I think I'm going to talk about this later too, but, uh, you know, the time to think about long-term care is, is way before you need it. Oh, always. And so, we, you know, we talk about estate planning the same way. We want you to do it when you don't need it, early, you know, right. 18 and up kind of thing. So I can appreciate yeah. that immensely. And yeah. so, so let's play a game. And, um, and so true or false, I, I like this one. We should do more of these. Uh, Medicare will pay for long-term care, so I don't need long-term care insurance. Okay. So the answer is not true or false. Actually, the answer is maybe. Okay. And that even confuses it more, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and, uh, not necessarily because, uh, uh, you know, I, you know, you and I both know that, you know, for rehab, you know, rehabilitation, you know, mm -hmm. Medicare pays for the first 20 days in full, right. you know, and then days 21 to 100, they only pay a very small 20% copay. <laughs> right. You know, but if you're not getting any better, they stop paying. <laughs> So and, and that is the kicker there. And that's what too many people that's where the real misunderstanding or the, the myth comes in is folks think, hey, I'm, I'm sick. Medicare is going to you know, they're paying for doctors and hospitals and they're going to continue as as long as I need it. And what they're really referring to is what they have in their mind is, you know, my great aunt fell and busted her hip and uh, she went into rehab and she was in there for, you know, for a week or two. And then they sent her home and now she's rehabbing at home. And Medicare is going to pay that bill. But the delineation really is you got to be getting better. Uh -huh. And the point that you're not recovering, that is when Medicare is going to cut off. And let me give you a quick story, Kim. Well, I've got a client that this actually happened to. Uh, the uh, husband had uh, broken a leg and uh, had, had done okay rehabbing it. Uh, then he had a knee replacement uh, a, a year later. And now he's developing dementia and uh, the wife had him at home and was taking care of him, having, bringing some care in. One morning she left early. The nurse wasn't there yet. He, he gets out of bed, falls out of bed. Uh, he's got a, a bladder infection. He goes to the hospital uh, for three days. They send him to rehab. Three days into the rehab, he refuses treatment. He refuses to do anything the physical therapy people wanted him to do. And she gets a call that afternoon and says, uh, uh, ma'am, you are now going to have to start paying $7,000 a month for your husband because Medicare is not paying and he's not rehabbing anymore. Now we're going to custodial. Yeah, I, I see it happen a lot with clients that get to rehab and, and the rehab says they're not getting any better and they're not going to be able to go home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, And sometimes it's the family realizes that very easily. You yeah. know, so definitely. Well, so, this was a shock to this particular client. And uh, I'm sure you know, it's a shock to a lot of people when it happens. <laughs> yeah. You know? and well, so, and when you go from zero uh, to, to seven to $10,000 a month, uh, it, it really gets you into the mindset of, oh my gosh, how, how can I conserve my assets? How, yeah. how do we do that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, Joe, I saw in your material a question you asked. And so, and it's, would you prefer to liquidate assets or leverage your assets? And so, so I really think you should spend some little time this morning 
telling okay. clients the difference so they understand, you know, what you're asking. Well, so, so Kim, can I, can I ask you a question first? Sure. Okay. I know I'm not supposed to ask you a question. Maybe I'm not. So when, when you think of long-term care, what is the, what is the picture in your mind? And I think it's important for folks to understand. What's the picture in your mind for of long-term so, care? So the initial picture in your mind, you know, the first thing that really comes to mind when you think long-term care is being in the nursing home. Correct. And that's where most clients, you know, think, um, you know, long-term care can start in the home, you know, and it could be from the home to assisted living to, you know, nursing home care. But most clients think long-term care, think nursing home, you know, and they're like, well, I don't want to be in the nursing home. Like, we don't want you to be in there either, you know, so... So, so let me give you a stat real quick here, and then I'll, then I'll answer the question you asked me. And the answer is actually 80% of care that is take that takes place is actually in the home. Mm-hmm. So only about 20% ends up being in, in the assisted living, the, the long-term care facilities. And so, uh, so back, but I just wanted to ask you that. I, 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 always, I love asking uh, people that question and uh, seeing what, what their reaction is. Uh, and you didn't know I was going to ask you that question either. Uh, so, so would you prefer to liquidate or leverage? So here's what it comes down to. Uh, when, when we're having conversations with, uh, with clients, uh, prospects, if you will, then, um, uh, my first question that I ask them is where would you like for care to occur? And then, uh, once we get that, que- the answer to that question, which is 95% of the time is a home, then the next question I ask is, so, you have assets. Which asset are you going to use to pay for long-term care? Is it checking savings? Is it your IRA? Whatever it is. So that particular uh, answer comes to the fact that if you are using your money, your assets, your IRAs, your 401ks, your stock accounts, you are now liquidating your assets. Okay. You got a balance. Hey, you weren't spending this $10,000 a month before or eight or 15, depending on, you know, some states are 15, $16,000 a, a month now. Um, I think Texas is more in the, in the eight to 10 range. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the question that again, we ask is, so would, do you want to liquidate your assets? Because if you don't plan for this event, then guess what you're going to do? You're going to start spending money. And you're going to pull it out of an account and you're probably going to not know the tax consequences of, of pulling it out. And you're probably going to do it incorrectly. So, so we prefer to show our, our clients, our prospects, folks we're working with, how to leverage their assets. And I don't have time to go into all the different options today, but there are, uh, I have used this year 10 different ways where we can show clients through traditional long-term care insurance through life insurance based uh, solutions through a, a hybrid based solution through uh, an annuity based solution. Uh, there, there are just so many different options that are available that, uh, and this, some of these are, are best used when you're healthy. Okay. And, and, and it can only be used when you're healthy. Uh, and others, uh, it doesn't matter what the health is. In fact, there's even a solution out there today that if you're already receiving care and you're in kind of bad shape, 
the worse shape you're in, the better the product is, which is really opposite from, from what's what's been available. Okay. Yeah, and that's unfortunate on so many, so many <laughs> yeah, levels. So, is, yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you know, we always want clients to come in before they ever even remotely think about needing long-term care. Because mm -hmm. I tell clients, if you don't plan and plan well, you're going to be in a crisis plan. In crisis plan, there's only one option, and it's never pretty. Yep. You know, and so so you never want to be in that. You always want to plan. You know, so. Um, so hopefully, you know, if the listeners are listening, they'll think about doing some better planning. And so, mm -hmm. you know, but a lot of people say, you know, well, I don't need it right now. So I don't want to spend the money, you know. And so and then a lot of times they wait too late, you know, because they have their health decline. So what's uh, what's the age where they should start looking at it that it makes sense? Uh, maybe not too early, but not too late, you know, so. So. I, I won't give you a hard and fast answer, Kim, uh, but I will tell you, we're seeing more and more folks in their in their late 50s and early 60s and even even early 50s that are taking a look at this because they have a parent who they have who, who didn't or wouldn't couldn't qualify, didn't get the didn't get any coverage, wasn't able to leverage their assets. And then it ended up ended up spending a lot of money that, that they really didn't need to. Um, so let, let me answer that in a little different way. Uh, you need to do it when you're thinking about it today, when you're healthy. Give you a couple examples. I, I got a client that uh, we actually uh, were thinking about taking an application and something happened. And uh, a month later, they had a stroke. Well, now all of the underwritten options are off the table, yeah. basically forever. Okay, so that was one example. That, that was an extreme example. Another example I had, uh, I've got a lady that uh, we actually took the application and we're, we're in a weekend in underwriting and uh, she fell off her bicycle. She's riding a bicycle in the neighborhood, hit a, hit a bump, fell off, hurt her shoulder, and now we got to disclose that to the uh, insurance company. And they actually postponed it for a year. Okay, for that, because she had to go through rehab and and get it all done. Well, then uh, uh, we one year comes up. We took the application. We got it paid for. And then two weeks later, she had a Bell's palsy incident. Oh, no. Yeah. And so but but it was in place now. The, the, it was in place. So so it didn't it didn't matter what what happened to. Her. I mean, obviously it mattered. Good grief. <laughs> I know. I know what you're talking you, about. You're but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so so. Uh, I'm going to say the age that I like to see people is probably 55 to 60. Now, again, it's not too late. Uh, I'm, I'm working on an application uh, today, 75 years old. Uh, so, so there still are a lot of different solutions at, at older ages, but uh, the price is better the younger you are. And also uh, you're, you should be in better health and be able to get the, the better options at, at that time. Yes. And the, and the better health, younger, way more options than if you wait. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. Let's let's switch gears just a little bit before we close today. And let's talk about the Pension Protection Act. Okay. And uh, so how does that affect, um, how does that affect people? Well, so uh, this is actually a situation, Kim, where, where Congress did something right. Okay. 
<laughs> and you're like, wow. But, but but it was it was 2006. So it was what is how many years ago is that? 15, 17 years ago. So what happened in 2006 is they started uh, looking forward at this baby boomer generation, which obviously is the largest uh, group still around. Most of most folks listening here are probably in that generation, right? Of 1946 to 1964 age group, and. Uh, they started looking at the state of our healthcare system, the state of Medicare, uh, state of Medicaid, and uh, they passed this Pension Protection Act in 2006. It actually didn't go into effect to 2010, this portion of it, which was actually coincided with the year the first baby boomers turned 65. And uh, again, Congress, hey, they, they got it right. They, they did good. <laughs> uh, but what the Pension Protection Act says is if you have an old annuity or you have an old life insurance contract, you can actually take the cash value of that contract, move it over into a Pension Protection Act annuity, and now all of that money, when it is paid out for long-term care, is actually tax-free. Nice. So, so you could actually take a, a, an old annuity that had a large taxable basis in it and transfer that to protection, pension protection act annuity. And once the money is over there now, if that is used for long-term care, then, then your, your basis, the money you put in all the gain, every bit of that is going to go income tax free to pay for long-term care. So uh, it's it's really really a strong uh, a strong bill that they passed, and I will tell you, Kim, I, I do long term care workshops and webinars, and uh, when, when I ask people to raise their hands if they know what the Pension Protection Act is, it's generally if there's thirty people in the room, there might be one or two, and and sometimes it's somebody that was in one of my other events, <laughs> yeah, because you told me right. <laughs> and so well that's good information because that just helps for all those that didn't know ahead of time and so you know and and i think too that your average person probably wouldn't know because you know they're not in the business they're not and it wasn't really you know gosh who remembers what happened in 2006 anyway we've slept since then yeah <laughs> so, yeah it's been a while and um and so yeah, but let, let let me add Go one ahead. other thing. Too. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm 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 talking over you. But one other thing there is that uh, there are a large number of financial advisors that if you stood in a room with financial advisor and asked them that question, they would not know because they don't really specialize. They don't work well in the long term care space, mm -hmm. and so that that's another thing. Uh, not not just consumers don't know it, but but a lot of advisors don't know. Oh, well, that's sad, but not surprising. And, um, and so, cause it's, it's, it's typical, you know, so the state planning attorneys don't have, most of them have no knowledge of long-term care and elder law. So it makes mm -hmm. a difference in, you know, who you choose, you know, to take yes. care of you. And Very so, but, all right, Joe. So if somebody wants to find you to get some more information about what you can do for them, how do they do that? Well, the easiest way is this link right here goes straight to my calendar, www.talktorosman.com. Uh, I could give you phone numbers and so forth, but really this is the easiest way. And then now you're on my calendar. I've got your phone number. 
and uh, we could have a conversation about uh, any of the things we're talking about today that concern long-term care. And I want to encourage you to think about one thing I, I said earlier is, would you rather leverage your assets or would you rather liquidate them? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about keeping what's mine. <laughs> so. yeah. Would you rather liquidate or leverage? Liquidate, liquidate, leverage. Yeah, I hear you. And so I'm, hopefully, I'm, hopefully other people will as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, we look forward to having you on the show again later. Kim, thank you so much. Oh, have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.